And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, hello and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. My name is Christian K0STH with you. Hanging out now on a Sunday, episode 271, I believe. This week we are going to be talking 271? about... 271? Uh, three... Something, something, 371, maybe? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. All right, Steve, W7 uh, UDI, <laughs> keeping the straight. I'm in New York City. I've been hanging out in the village. And uh, I don't know if the gummies are saturating me or the smell. That's another thing. We, we could talk about that. But on this show, specifically, we're going to be talking about amateur radio in small places, I got rigs in small places, Steve. You know that one, right? We got some uh, country tunes here, but uh, we've got a little bit of news to break tonight and uh, or today. Whenever you're listening to this, but welcome, hello. If you got a question, uh, put a cue in front of it and drop it in to the chat. Each Sunday, we get together uh, six o'clock Central Time to record the weekly podcast. We do it live so we can uh, converse with you and engage with you. This week, though, again, coming to you live from Manhattan in uh, New York City. And Steve's holding it back down on the West Coast. So he's still got it going on uh, there. But Steve, we've got some uh, some breaking news. I've, I've got to get to it here. Let me let me bring him in. Here he is. Everybody's breaking my balls. What's going on? <laughs> Scotty was at a thing today. What is it there? I'm the bling bling. I'm like, who gave you my number? <laughs> oh, you know, like so, who who is this? Who's calling? No, I got I got some information on Scotty. I don't know. Scotty. Let's see if you can pick it out, guys, and let it me know if you can see. You won't be able to see this on the podcast, but the people who are tuning in may <laughs> just be able to tell what's going on. And uh, yeah, there's something nice. different about Scotty's call sign. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, some extra letters there, if you Complexion will. Complexion has kind of changed a little bit. Just he looks very happy. It's very, almost very like happy. he's taken a big test I'm and graduated of, into. Kind of like, has a glow to him. He's glowing. He's glowing. Glow. Tell us all about it, glow. Scotty. Post what exam happened? glow. Uh, today I took my test for an extra, uh, and uh, I passed with flying colors. I am now uh, Kilo Charlie Three Bravo X Ray November Slant Alpha Echo. Cool. Not to be mistaken for Alpha Hotel, but that's yeah. true. Echo. Or the Browns Motel, for that matter. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, there'll be a special celebration <laughs> at the Browns tonight. Yes, Everyone's welcome. I'm flying in. I'm chartered a plane. <laughs> I just yep. heard something on the police scanner before I logged in here tonight about the check on wellness at the Browns. I was like, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, so uh, hello, Jerry. We've got some friends here gathered here on Sunday. We always encourage you to come by if you can, if you have free time. To join us for the live recording of the podcast, celebrating the fact that Scotty has upgraded and is now a amateur extra. Now, Yay. so when he, we should talk about this a little bit, Steve, because now, um, and I don't know when the rule started or went into effect, but there is a time period where you have to do the stroke AG or the stroke AG. <clears throat> Do you know too much about that? Can you uh, can you explain Only, why? So you so Scotty currently is in the database as a general. So if he's in the general portion of the band that he's operating, he doesn't have to sign stroke AE. If he goes into the extra portion of the band, so tonight if he ventures out and gets you know a little frisky and frisky. Uh, heads oh. down to say like fourteen two hundred. Gonna, then he's going to have to identify as stroke AE. We're going to dip down so, into the uh, three three 3.7 land. Ooh, there you that's go. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Our friend Don saying, way to go, Scotty. And uh, getting congratulations from Jerry and Mark as well. John says, woohoo. Woohoo. Uh, yeah, it, it is a big accomplishment. I can, uh, I don't want to steal any thunder uh, at all. I just want to say, I remember when I took that test and I, I gave myself. I think it was six weeks. I gave myself six study weeks, blocked it off, and I had to do – I'm the kind of guy that had to study, and, and you can tell us how you studied for that. And everybody's different. I, I studied with a computer because I'm in front of one a lot, and it made sense. I get a little downtime, but I had to do a little bit every day, and I ended up studying for four weeks and then deciding to go and get it. I started to test where I was starting to pass it. 
And I was like, I'll just go do it. But, but I gave myself six weeks. What did you do, Scotty? What did you put aside, or what was your approach? Uh, well, I've been studying on and off for uh, for a while. COVID uh, 2020, I was planning on going in and going to get tested, and then that kind of got derailed. Everybody stopped testing in person, and nobody was doing online testing. And then, of course, all the other stuff that came with dealing with uh you know, trying to figure out what how work was going to deal with not being able to go in, and I just kind of put it on the back burner. And then uh, my brother um, expressed some interest in getting his, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to test with you. So I just uh, um, have a ham study account, uh, I think it's hamstudy.com, um, and was, uh, you know, just started going down the rabbit hole studying the uh, different elements and then banging out some practices and practice exams. And so I started that maybe two nights ago. I just cur- just crammed i've been studying on and off for a couple of years and so i just crammed gotcha. for the last two nights and and went in and uh, nailed it today steve yep. what do you remember about taking the, the big the big test i know it might have been different when you got your highest level test on. Uh, actually it was under the work? ve program like this because <clears throat> i stayed advanced for a long time and uh so i just did some studying uh figure, figuring out the mainly the rules for VE sessions and stuff, and uh, then started doing uh, practice exams. And then the day of the exam, we had a, uh, my wife was pregnant at the time, and we had a doctor's appointment, and uh, wasn't it didn't go well. We had a mis- she had a miscarriage, and so I was a kind of a semi-emotional foobard, and she just, go, go take your test. And I was like, I'm not going to pass this test. I'm, my mind's not there, and went down and passed it. So it was—I uh, wasn't expecting it because I just wasn't in in the in the mood for it, or my mindset was somewhere else. And but uh, got it done, and here we are. So it was kind of a, a goofy uh, setup, but uh, it, it worked out. Well, I was pretty well, content with being an ad, 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 uh, advanced. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, and uh, of course, thank you for sharing uh, your story and your personal life with us like that, uh, Steve. It's uh, got to be a tough road, and hopefully, you found some comfort in being able to break away a little bit and get your head on something else. I know that always tends to work. Uh, okay, we got some questions coming in. If you have a question, put it in the queue. We're going to be talking about amateur radio and small spaces, and I can tell you how that all came to be. At least the show idea kind of came together. Maybe on Wednesday because I'm in New York City uh, for a couple of weeks for a family thing. My daughter's in a program here, so we're um, staying with her because she's still quite young. And this city is uh, feels a little tougher than I remembered just last year. And I've been coming here for a long time. Um, anyway, I think all cities are struggling with a lot of different things right now. And just being in the biggest city in the country, you're seeing a lot of different things. Not to put anybody off, still love the city. Uh, very much and enjoy being here but um the touristy areas are kind of one that we we tend to stay away from those areas a little bit you get a lot more riffraff and stuff going around and i had a side conversation with ben just through like our discord and uh, you're all welcome to join us if you do that i know people are on facebook we're gonna have a big uh milestone i guess you'd put it there we're about to i think uh we're gonna go over fifteen thousand probably here shortly anyway getting a little off track but you're welcome to join us and uh big ben asked me he said um you know how's things going out there and i it was just one of these wacky things because i'm the dad that's kind of on scan you know i'm looking for where are the wrists you know as my dog my kids are counting the dogs they're counting all these little cute dogs and they're all over look at this one and they're all over dogs all over the city so they're counting keeping score dad's on radar bloop 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 anyway had this little story you know and i think i'm just way too old to be fighting you know that kind of stuff but as some wacky old fella and it's so hot here guys it's just like Holy moly. And I know I think it's all over. It's August. We can say it's summertime in the city. Oh, but the old boy came across the street, no shirt on, looking buck wild. He had like a (laughs) half of a broom. The top end of the broom had been snapped off. And so we're crossing the street, and he takes and he breaks it over his knee right in front of my kids and my wife and real close. And I'm like, here we go. Like, this is going to be, 
you know, and he said something like, you know, F something, something. And, you know, I don't know if he was going through something in his head, but he kind of shifted away. Thank goodness, because, I, you know, I don't want to get caught up in that stuff. But <clears throat> the city feels like most major cities are these days. Um, the community is cool where it's cool, but there's a lot of everything mixed in. So, uh, you know, a couple of celebrities were on, been on the street. So this is where you you see almost everything. You know, you've got... Uh, celebrities on the corner and you also got a homeless sick uh mental health patient on the corner yeah, it's all here and maybe that's what makes it great but uh, other than that event there's been nothing else to really been off-putting and i started i got midweek and i thought you know this repeater i hit up pastor joe pastor joe's in jersey he's not too far from here you know what are the new york repeaters so i got a handful dj gave me one from he was in connecticut he's like i use this one i'm down i put them all in must have been five or six and i tell you guys like i there's one i think it's a dot eight five it's in manhattan crickets man i mean like every now and again i'm hearing a couple of guys get on in the morning they might be the retired fellas that get on and you hear them a little bit but I was thinking to myself, man, is this it? I'm in this. I'm on the third floor of a, you know, a building here, small place, no HF potential at all. I'd have to go out, and I was thinking to myself, what do people do, you know, in these small things? I know it's a, it's a, it's a luxury for me to have a little bit of space back in in Missouri. Not everybody does. If you lived and worked in this city, man, I'm I'm thinking, I don't know, like. The repeaters aren't enough. You know, it's just not enough to even listen to. And you made a good point about it, Steve, when we kicked off and we started kicking it kicking it around a little bit. Your thoughts on repeaters? It's, yeah, it, it's dead all over. I mean, I, you hear people just complain about it. It, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was fairly active. And uh, it was, uh, and even... 20, 30 years ago, it was really active. It was uh, hard to get in there because there was always something going on. Great for listening. Uh, there was always uh, the gangs that uh, kind of hung out and, you know, the commute gang that uh, drove, you know, into work in the morning and they're uh, complaining about traffic or this or that or getting ready, talking about what they're going to be doing for the day. And then, and then the, the same crowd show up in the evenings and driving home and complaining about traffic uh, and then talking about uh, what they ended up doing that day or, or what's coming up or, or talk about what's coming up for the weekend and guys that are, oh, we're going to go do this, we're going to go do that. Some guys go, oh, we're going to go up to the repeater site, do this, do that. And uh, But nowadays it's just they're there, but it's just everyone's gotten mic shy or they just don't want to utilize it and it's and i feel for the the newer hams coming in they just got their ticket they you know like your brother and uh, scotty and now he's going to come into this wasteland and it's like well key up the microphone on the radio oh there's a repeater there maybe make a call on there and but it'll be crickets though no one will answer don't want to talk to a, a newbie or whatever and it's uh it's really, really sad that uh, that we're just not having uh, the amount of activity. And I'm not saying this is all across the country. I mean, there's places that are, you know, very active with their uh, with their repeaters and stuff. But uh, the majority where I've been going around these days uh, here in the Northwest, it's relatively quiet. There's a few that have some activity, but for the most part. It's uh, the only activity here is the weekly nets that will come on and uh, go from there. And but the rest of the time, it's uh, hello, anybody home? Anybody yeah. there? I was I was here in, in um, right around field day last year, and I re I knew I was I was actually really excited by the fact that there were so many people that were you know using the repeaters. And I this year I'm like, wait a minute. Last year, I was here around field day. So there was all this coordination going on. People were talking about what they were doing. And I thought this was the norm. And this year, I'm just like, wow, man. And I don't know if it's because, I don't know. if You know, it's just getting a little into the weeds here, mm -hmm. trying to talk about the problems of repeaters. And there's probably a lot of 
layers to this. Who owns the repeaters? Who lets whom get on it and use it? And these sorts of things. But I thought in a city that this size, you'd always hear something. And mm -hmm. I was a little disappointed. So it had me, uh, I don't know, Scotty, how you're going to bring your, your brother along in this. Because I think the gateway is the HT. I mean, HF is sort of like, all right, if you've got a little bit of means, you can get yourself set up. But go yeah, ahead and talk the, about uh, it. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the things I think is going to help him some is his location. He's uh, located on uh, an elevation of about like 780 feet or something, which is a small mountain ridge here in uh, kind of in Maryland, just outside of Frederick, um, Braddock Mountain. Um, and from there, he can uh, um, if he if he sets up the home station that I've been piecing together for him over the last couple of years, which is a Kenwood TM 281 and a uh, Copper J pole, and gets that up. Um, He's going to have some pretty good coverage. He's going to be able to reach out um, to repeaters far, you know, past, you know, out towards me and then, you know, out towards the bay on the other side of the city. He'll be able to get down to south pretty easily down into Virginia. He was, he was talking with Ben. Uh, he met Ben today and they were talking and Ben was giving him some uh, some ideas on some repeaters that he could hit, that he could likely hit from his location down, down his way. Um, that'll hopefully, so hopefully being that he'll be able to get out quite a bit because he's up high, um, might kind of open up some more options as far as making contacts, and I hope that's mm -hmm. the case. Steve, was it always about, like, like nowadays I hear people talking about, let's schedule something. It's like you can send an email and schedule to get on. Uh, you know, what was what was it like? <laughs> what, Grandpa, what was it like? I don't want to make it sound like that, but, I, I, you know, just 10 years ago might have been different, 15 years ago, where people it, weren't scheduling things on email, and they were just kind of jumping on and seeing what was on yeah they were just getting on and you know mixing it up and uh basically if there was you know a group chit chat chatting they would uh kind of either get into the mix of it and then uh or wait till it was done and then call their party uh it got so bad at times that some of the repeater owners of various would uh, repeaters would you know set up and say hey kind of you know you know, during these hours, you know, kind of limit your, your QSOs and be mindful of mobile. Some, some, uh, repeater owners were more considerate, you know, they, they had more consideration to the mobile, uh, operators versus the ones that were at home. And, um, but you know, every repeater and every owner, just like we all are on HF and, uh, we operate our station differently and we just, and it was the same. It, it, and each one kind of had its own personality. And uh, so, you know, some of the busy, really active ones, you kind of have to get in there and mix it up and kind of elbow your way in and, uh, you know, make a name for yourself and uh, go from there where others were was like there wasn't that much activity. So it wasn't really much of a problem. And then the ones that really got me was the, the uh, guys would say, Oh, we don't want you talking very long. This repeater's here for emergency use, so we want to have the repeater available. And it's like, well, what better way to test your repeater? Make sure it's going to hold up by not having people use it. Yeah. <laughs> and that one always kind of got me. It was like, uh, if you don't use it, then if something goes wrong with it, you won't know about it until there was a need for it, and then, then it wasn't there. So uh, the philosophies between, you know, operators and con and owners of these systems but uh, overall it's unfortunately there is kind of a decline there's just not the activity like there used to be and we have all these licensed operators so where are they yeah and, and you know every city's going to be different every town will be different we're just generally talking i and again last year was a little different but i was here at a different time and field day sort of heats up on the hts and the repeaters and the talk-ins and all that sort of stuff and this year not not so much all right we got a <laughs> oh yeah oh baby radio history 1955 1955 tokyo telecommunications engineering the precursor to sony begins selling its first transistor radios in japan now on the 11th, in 1942, actress Hedy Lamarr, our friend Steve dated her for a brief time, just about <laughs> six months. Get, get. Uh, her and her composer friend, 
George and Theo, I think you'd say. Yeah, him and I didn't get along. I think uh, there's a whole <laughs> nose broken thing, and it was uh, kind of weird. You had to go to Mayberry and get Andy Griffith to uh, fish. Thought I was some radical guy that sat in a sidecar and went racing. It was just. This was a just, precursor oh, to our yeah. winning streak. One of those guys. One of those yeah. guys. He was jealous. He was too judgy. He was too judgy. Yeah. And I told him, don't do that. But uh, what are you going to do? Was, and Steve was a handsome man. What are you going to do? Sidecar named Desire. <laughs> Known around the way. <laughs> for being a big fella. Well, anywho, they got the uh, a patent for the spread spectrum frequency hopping system. On the 12th, our friend... Uh, this was back in 1877. We were just kids back then running on the schoolyard when Edison was kicking it. He was the king. He invented uh, the phonograph 12, the 1902 Festadin, granite patent for a hot wire Beretta. 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 And he was the original DJ doing the old scratch on it. Oh, yeah. DJ ED. Yeah, DJ Edison. On the 12th, 1960, a little closer to today, U.S. launches Echo One, the first communication satellite. And on the 13th, in 1912, the Radio Act of 1912, titled An Act to Regulate Radio Communication, was approved. And that's uh, some of the stuff that's been going on. Thank you very much uh, for that. So we're having a conversation um, today on this episode about doing ham radio in small places because i got the uh i don't know about the ht repeater situation here it's kind of a bummer and uh so i thought you know what are people doing and in fact today i saw an antenna that was strange to me it turns out i go to the wizard and i'm like dude what do you make of this one and steve was like oh i don't know I'm not sure. <laughs> it's wacky. I'll have to put it in the Discord. I'll put it in Discord for you guys later, and maybe somebody can figure it out after we finish up uh, our evening tonight. I'll put it in there, but uh, so to speak. And uh, But I was looking around. I'm thinking, what is that? Like, that is an interesting antenna. It's on a shorter building roof, a flat top. And I instantly, I think of Scotty because he's in a small place, and he's just He's just chomping at the bit, feeling so good with his AG at the end of his call. Big e. fella, he's <laughs> AE. <laughs> Big man on campus right now. His <laughs> AE. Yeah, his, his big no, He's not no lonely old G. He's an E. No, he's not a G. He's, he's an AE. Well, thank you. Wow, Rick gave him three. Oh, Four. Wow, how about that? It's just going on and on and on. He's just all excited. So I was figuring, what do the people do? And I'm thinking, of course, you try to go vertical, but a lot of the buildings here in Manhattan have those slanted roofs. It's really tricky. Maybe you're not as fortunate to be on the top floor to get up there. And so this started my head spinning about this whole topic on what people do. Now, Scotty, your situation is a little different. You are in an apartment on the top floor. You have roof access, but... And you've got AG. Sorry, we're co contractually. I know, mate. Oh, ob oh, obligated to say that. Um, <laughs> what are you doing there uh, in that busy city? And you've posted pictures on Discord about all the spaghetti of wires and everything running down that street. Looks crazy. What are you? Yeah, doing? it's a it's a mess, and it's a historic uh, district too. It's kind of adds a little bit of extra complexity to the situation. Um, I'm gonna. In interesting situation where i'm i have a i have a tree that um that i had have thrown a long wire over and it's since the power company since routed rerouted the power lines for the neighbor's building underneath it um but so that was working okay for a while but that's not something that you're going to find it like you know, in new york city to be, to be able to do but i do have a little flat roof uh, area and where i do have the uh um a, a microphone stand an old atlas heavy bass microphone stand with 10 Put piece of conduit where I have my two meter antenna. So this is a uh, an arrow J pole. Uh, at the top, there is a, a small UHF folded dipole there, and um, Isotron twenty meter and forty meter antennas um, are part of that equation as well. All mounted to that little mic stand mast. It's not too far. It's not too top heavy, and I have a I made a little bracket to bolt it to the uh, uh, to the easement there along the along the roof line. 
Um, but yeah, that flat little flat top antenna or a flat top roof um, was a real you know real lifesaver. If I didn't have that, um, I'd, I'd be having a lot more trouble getting some antennas up in the air um, at this at this location for sure. And he, you know, he doesn't have to above ground. You don't have to get it up like that, do you, Steve? Oh, oh, <laughs> come on, <laughs> pay attention. We're talking about height above ground. It was on the test. You wouldn't know about this, Sherry. What frequency are we talking about? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have to get it up so high, right? He's on the Jesus. Come on, come on, Sherry. Relax, Sherry. Jeez, come on. I didn't understand that in the beginning. I, uh, I, I'm not ashamed to say it, but I didn't understand height above ground. You know, I would think that I needed to be up 30 more feet or whatever it needed to be from the base of the rooftop or whatever it was. I didn't understand in the earlier days that you're actually still above the ground ground at that point. So when he says he doesn't have to, looking at Sherry, put it up there. So I, <laughs> hey, there's no way around it. There's no way around this one. Sorry about that. Yeah, my, uh, my, my teammate, my teammate antenna is prob- probably about actual feet above actual ground is probably pushing 35 to 40 feet so that's cool mm-hmm. that's good that's pretty good because i got the, the the just drops right down into the creek i mean the, it's the, the 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 ground level at the back of the house it drops about 15 to 16 feet lower than it does on the front side of the building where main street is so and that's where all my antennas are all on the back side so i have that extra the little the creek that uh um that adds a little bit of extra ground depth it's all granite so i don't know if it's any good ground but it's still it's a little higher back there here here is uh here i'm steve all his antennas are on the back side forgot to forgot to take a little bit of Jeez, you guys are terrible. It brings out the worst in me. Right <clears throat> we'll get canceled soon. Uh, We're <laughs> right between Porky Pig cartoons, what's happening, and as soon as they put in Porky's to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got going on? Oh, look at this. Next uh, weekend, August 13th and 14th, we have the Maryland Cuso party happening. Oh, um, are you going to partake? You, I think I might. Um, we'll see. What else is happening? Um, we have uh, Kentucky State Parks on the air happening August 13th. And then a cool special event station. I actually, um, uh, Mark from the Discord, um, kind of uh, brought this to uh, our attention. The world's largest teapot tea special event. Where they're going to, that's running from August 8th to the 14th. They're going to have a, a special event station in each of the, of the call districts. Um, celebrating the world's largest teapot, which I believe is in West Virginia. Yes. And, uh, so that's happening, happening all week. So that's what that's what's happening. As opposed to the world's largest G. That is somewhere else. Probably oh. somewhere here in New York. Um, just guessing. Don't forget to check out Hour 73. Our podcast is kicked off. We are uh, four episodes in. We are headed into number five this week. We're looking beyond the first 72 hours of preparedness to explore self-reliance as a lifestyle. It is not specifically uh, geared toward amateur radio, but amateur radio is part of, in my opinion, any, any good preparedness plan. So there you go. So lots of questions coming in about your relationship with Miss uh, Miss Hetty, was it? Was that her name? Was Hetty? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was uh, Hetty Lamar. No idea, man. I had no idea. But uh, what a looker. You always did well in that category. What a looker. Let's go over to um, our Facebook. And if you're here joining us, we always encourage you to come and be here with us uh, live as we do the show, as we record the, the podcast each week, 6 o'clock Central. We also pull um, your comments and commentary from the chat, from Discord, and from Facebook. And uh, we're doing that again today. And uh, I asked the question, you know, what do you do in small places? Not a lot of um, feedback here because I think a lot of people who have issues um, like the one I'm experiencing here in New York probably make a go kit 
and maybe they drive to parks and activate that way. I think that's a really good way of kind of getting around the fact that I, if I lived here for whatever reason, I probably couldn't get roof access and I probably have to go that route. I mean, I think that's, I mean, what would you do, Steve? I mean, think about it. It's probably been a while since you've been in sort of a, that sort of tight area like that. But what do you think? Well, I mean, if you're in an apartment building, let's, let's talk about New York. <laughs> you're a terrible AG. You're the worst. Because because I'm an anyway. AE. <laughs> AE, I've got dyslexia. I'm trying to downgrade you. He's an AE for sure. Yeah. Anyway, he's been in plenty of tight spaces. I'm sorry. Terrible. Terrible. But, anyway. um, yeah, it would be some kind of mobile antenna or something on the fire escape uh or your balcony whatever you have um if you were trying to do any hf similar with um two meters probably a j-pole you know mounted to the to the fire escape or your uh or your balcony whatever you have lanai and uh so it's um that, it would be very, very limited. I would think uh, for me, if I was in that situation, it, my activities would be limited uh, to VHF, UHF. And, uh, yeah, I agree. And then if it did any HF, it would be hamsticks or something like that or bloody poles. But um, who knows? Portable antennas. Uh, I mean, loops. I mean, mag loops are just kind of relatively new. So, uh, so Yeah. Back yeah, Jacob days. says that's what he was. That's what he does, but it doesn't perform that well. And a mag loop, mm -hmm. uh, much different than the loops we talk about. You know, like a square loop or or some kind of other loop. We're talking about the the metal metal loop there, and you have to uh, very uh, what is it? Low bandwidth, I guess you'd say. You've got to really tune every frequency in. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the end of the world. They make them in, at a hundred watts. Um, I know that's for sure. He used some other antenna sticks that he tries to operate at night. Uh, he takes them down, hooks them up to his coax and, and that sort of thing and uh, tries to work FT8. So maybe there's a push toward the digital. I think digital could be a good solution. And uh, like that, was, that was the mode that really got a lot of people through the solar minimum was FT8. It came along at the right time and... Uh, it's a perfect mode to um, for if, if you're in a you know tight squeeze and uh, you uh, you got a limited place to put up antennas and operate from. That's a great uh, that's a great mode. Let's see. Greg says uh, he's been using the Hustler 4B TV, which is about 30 years old. We don't exactly know everyone's setup. We just know that they're in a smaller space. They maybe can't run a a longer antenna, that sort of thing. He says, unfortunately, some of the traps went uh, so for now, he's using an NFED, which might be a good option. I know Scotty talked about it. And he was doing uh, something before it got really dicey about, you know, where he was and the power company kind of moved things around on him like that. And it just wasn't safe at that point. Uh, Albert says stealth, stealthy NFED antenna. RE says he's got a 40-meter off-center fed dipole at 15 feet. This is something completely different. But, yeah, I guess it depends on what your definition of a small space is. Maybe I, I needed to say that sort of city thing. But a 40-meter off-center fed, that's actually real nice, man. You'd be loving that in any city on this situation. But he says we live in an RV. I guess that's another way to go. You mm -hmm. can, um, you know, pull into a place. He's got HF dual band. He's got scanners there. Ron's got a 40-foot, uh, 43-foot wire and a 4-to-1 onion. Timothy drives a semi, so he goes out in his semi, and he'll work when he's out there on the road. Different Scott says, uh, I've set up a G5 RV into my building attic, a crawl space. Uh, with that antenna, he's been able to make great contacts abroad nice. with his FTDX-1200. Nice. Yeah. He's Gila Charlie, too. <laughs> N U D November United Delta. Our friend Ricardo, who lives in Paradise down there in Florida, he used to live in a condo, had a decent sized attic. 
Use the uh, 7100 from ICOM and an AH4 auto tuner with radials. And he really did it up. And he said since the attic was 30 feet uh, above the ground, he had great reception and minimal interference. Scotty, how do you do with uh, interference? Oh, it's it's, uh, it's got a fair amount of interference here. There's a bunch of uh, restaurants and bars, and they're all running you know, flat-screen TVs and blenders and you know, yeah. refrigerators, AC units, freezers galore. So there's there's plenty of noise in town, but that may do. If you're in a small area and you're in the chat, let us know what you're running there, where you are. Mark says he's been uh, in the city too long. I just, I guess it just depends. I mean, Scotty, Scotty's uh, setup would be a blessing to somebody who's living in, say, Manhattan here, because mm-hmm. there's just no. I mean, the buildings are all tall. Even the smaller ones are too tall to get on the roof, and they all seem slanted. I'm, I'm one of these guys. I don't know if you are, but I go to new places and I'm looking up at the roof. I'm looking up, what is up there? How would you even get up there? I'm like, it's not, that's not possible. Couldn't, you know, and you can't really just say, I can't live here. I always uh, thought uh, people give people who live in small places, cities and apartments or like, or an HOA. Oh, you just should move. Uh, Move. It's easy to say that, but it's, you know, everyone's (laughs) circumstances is different and where they're at. And uh, it's, you know, it's in, it's disingenuous for us to say, well, just, just move out of the HOA, go somewhere else. And it's yeah. like, or move out of the apartment. It's like, no. Let's uh, go buy a farm so you can have antennas. Yeah. 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 He says, uh, at least uh, Christian's not calling you Alpha Hotel. I'm calling you <laughs> <laughs> It happened, DJ. It happened earlier. You, you missed it. You missed it. <laughs> He did go there. Oh, Lord. I gotta <laughs> we went down that road really fast. <laughs> that was, that's, that's a great feeling. That is a great feeling. Um, James, <laughs> it's a great feeling to get your amateur extra. Not such a good It's a great feeling, too, to call him an Alpha Hotel. Oh, Lordy, Lordy. This is a mess. Uh, James says, my shack. Is in my closet. He's K- oh, KG5 Lima Tango Lima. Bruce, he says he'd vote for a mag loop. It can work for you. I've had those just sitting in the garage on a rainy day trying uh, to work it out. And it, it wasn't even that frustrating. I think once you get used to the tuning mm-hmm. of those, you're good to go. You know, you have to, if you want to call and park and bark, that might be better than chasing stations and tuning that could be frustrating all the time uh, and i've worked a few guys that had mag loops and they've had a very respectable signal on the air i mean so they do work the problem is they're because they have such a high q it's their bandwidth is really really narrow so you you know find a spot then you got to tune the antenna and uh there's just a lot of going back and forth and I think a lot of people get frustrated because they just want to spin the dial and and park and bark and but with a mag loop you got to go through a few more extra steps but you know they're they work they're reasonably good antennas and and then you know another one for um if you live in a an hoa uh lot in a in a community and, and you have like a wooden fence Put your uh, put your dipole antenna at the top of the wooden fence, five six feet off the ground. You'll be amazed what you can do with it, even on seventy five meters. Okay, guys, got wood? Use it. That's uh, from Uncle Steve. He says, "Sidecar <laughs> says you got a wooden fence. Wood? Use you it. Got wood? Use it." <laughs> TX Radio DX. He's Kilo India Five Sierra Hotel Yankee. That's K one five shy. I like that. <laughs> he says, I'm in a tiny lot in an HOA. I have a 50-foot Nelson N-Fed set up as a sloper behind a tree. Sounds like a good option. Hello to Stephen, who's checking in. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, we've got someone in our green room in the Discord. Hang on there. We'll probably get, get to you in a little bit there. He says, um, I'm starting my general class training tomorrow evening. There you go. All right. That's Ishmael. Good job, Ish. Joining us from the Dominican Republic, I'm guessing. I could be Dominica. Uh, Dominica. 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 Yeah. Okay. Good deal. 
All right. So if you have anything to add to that conversation with that, that sounds uh, very good. Now we got some other stuff we need to uh, to check. Let's see. Let me get some good music here. Something sexy. Okay, sexy. Oh, yeah. All right. That's pretty sexy. I'll take that. <laughs> let me find my... Uh, let me find my, my page. Here I am. This one screen uh, situation. I'm uh, struggling through it. If you're looking for a power solution, check out BioNO Power, offering the best lithium phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O Power.com. Scotty was at a ham fest today. He was getting all AE'd up. Is there anything still going on in the heat of summer, Scott? Yeah, I got some ham fests lined up uh, happening next weekend. We have August 13th, the uh, 72nd annual Gab Fest in my father's hometown of Uniontown, Pennsylvania. That's happening next, uh, next Saturday, 13th. Uh, also on the 13th, the West Central Illinois Ham Fest in Carlinville, Illinois. And uh, there's a, quite a few going on. I just picked a few from the ARRL website. Uh, August 14th, so a Sunday one, St. Charles Amateur Radio Club Ham Fest in O'Fallon, Missouri. Oh, okay. Wow, that's that your way. Missouri, yeah. yeah. We like yeah. to call it Missouri, but some people... <laughs> I just I just watched the outlaw <laughs> Josie Wales a little earlier in Missouri. the weekend, so... Yeah, Missouri it is. All right, if you have a question, put a Q in front of it. There was a question that came in... Um, Steve, and it came from a friend on Discord. Everybody's uh, welcome to drop a cue in the chat here when we do our live shows. And it doesn't have to be regarding the topic. We can talk about anything. Life in general, you name it. But uh, it was Don, our friend Don, who runs a 20-meter net for uh, the 100 watts of wire Sunday evening net, asked a question this week in the chat about uh, POTA. He was running Poda, and he's uh, what the kids saw. What the kids say, I think they got some shade. He got some shade as he was out there, and he put a question asking about, you know, are are people basically getting that way with Poda? Are you, have you noticed any sort of heat going toward Poda ops? I I haven't seen it or heard of it. Um, the only the only thing I hear is people just you know clamoring to work the guys work working people now. You know we have our you know stellar operators, our A one operators on the band that uh, sometimes they are full of themselves and they're full of a bunch of other stuff, Whoa. and and they might be throwing a little shade around, which is unfortunate, but. Uh, I just say, Don, work through it and uh, <clears throat> not worry about it. But from what I've, you know, the weekends I would be seeing is just POTA uh, operations just popping up all up and down the band. But these are the same a-holes that would be complaining about contests and everything else. So they're just they're just grumpy and not happy with life. And they'll, they just found something else to complain about. And you just happen to be the recipient so far. So don't take it personal. Uh, Timothy chimes in and says, yeah, it's not big, but it works good. There you go. Just thought I'd let everybody know that uh, we, we uh, sympathize with you. And you see, I'm, I like I'm it. Having a big one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how big it is. It's how well it works. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Um, you know, and I, I have heard the old boys on the, um, the frequencies – and I think what happens here with Poda, I have heard Poda Ops just jump in, right? I think Poda is a fantastic program. I love National Parks on the Air. Activated some of them myself. Enjoyed it. I love getting out. Worldwide Flora and Fauna is another great uh, program that I think is really cool. I think what happens sometimes, guys, is that what I've heard is you've got a low power station generally coming in however many watts that's just say a hundred and down and they just kind of come on the frequency and then they're like maybe they ask if it's in use maybe they can't be heard whatever maybe they don't ask i've, I've heard it both ways but they would what, what i hear the most is somebody will just jump on a frequency and start calling poda cq poda cq poda and there's no kind of 
they, they land on these frequencies where guys sort of just camp and chill. Like sometimes when you go past the frequency and don't hear anybody, that doesn't mean they're not there listening. They may just be taking a break from each other. You know, it's like these long, it's like a, a living room, you know, and somebody starts to talk again and it's like, hey, did you see such and such? And then, you know, so they're kind of on the frequency, but they're not, there's dead air. And I hear these ops come in and they just get flamed. And it's like the, they power over them because they just don't care. And the op may just scurry off. But it is getting in some areas of the bands, like you said, contests where they just pop up. Sikupoda, Sikupoda. And, it, and it's annoying some of the old birds. So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a multi-layered thing where we have to always remember our etiquette. You know, make sure you're asking three times is the frequency in use maybe space it out a little bit more um and then kind of go from there and see where you land but i've I've heard that steve a couple times and the reaction is kind of like go right to the contest bucket it's like oh the potas are out there again and these Mm -hmm. brothers are running their 1500 watt amps and they're not and then they're not they're not it's like a, a fly at the picnic you know, but they're definitely throwing a little shade because then they'll start chattering up. But they're parked. Any thoughts on that, you guys? Yeah, I mean, they're th- those guys, and there's quite a few of them that uh, they they want to have their little their little space where they can be left alone. They don't want to talk to anybody other than the, amongst themselves. If, and uh, the you know someone comes in and croaches on their frequency, which is not, eh, and they just kind of lose their collective minds. And on the backside of it, these are the same ones that were complaining about that. Well, there's nothing going on in the bands. Why is it so quiet? So you, you can't have your cake and eat it at the same time. It's, uh, you need to just like chill, embrace it. And, uh, just enjoy that. There's activity on the band that people are, you know, are using it because if we're not using it, we'll lose it. Uh, it's just uh, HF is going to become valuable again. It's just a matter of time. Right now, it's not super valuable, but sooner or later, HF is going to become valuable spectrum, and the commercial interests are going to—they'll be more than happy to lay down the big bucks, and we're going to get the boot. So, and if we use it, and uh, we're not, and we not arguing amongst ourselves, then we'll have a good chance to keep our spectrum. But it's um, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, I've just the hypocrisy at times that uh, complain about the bands are not being used, and then when the band's being used, it's being used in a way that is not acceptable to you, and uh, and that's wrong. I mean, we have so many modes, we have so many different uh, opportunities to utilize our license and enjoy the hobby our way, whether it's analog, digital, CW, FT8, um, slow scan TV, whatever, whatever floats your boat in the hobby, use it and enjoy it. And just don't let the detractors, you know, tear you down and uh, just continue on. But it is, it's, it is uh, pretty hypocritical on these guys. And um, it, uh, it's unfortunate. But make wish sure you be- do your the etiquette part too that the part that you your your side of it your obligation of it is to ask if that frequency is in use mm-hmm. not to jump on there i heard op, i've heard ops do it and there's a lot of people enjoying poda and it's nothing about the program it's just like i think people get so excited to run and go you know don't forget about that part do the due diligence and what the fcc requires and what the rules are and if you do that the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to be like, yeah, you alpha hotel. Yeah. You hit that. Well, well, well and the other again. problem we've, I've seen and, and witnessed that, um, like a POTA activation will ask for the frequency is clear. And he has a pretty compromised, uh, antenna system. The propagation is not so, working at the time. And then another station who never heard the original, because now all of a sudden all these people start piling up, calling the uh, POTA station, then he loses his collective mind and his panties are all wadded up because someone came on his frequency 
And then the argument goes back and forth. And it's like, well, yeah, he did ask. Unfortunately, you didn't hear him. Uh, the other time, sometimes happens that the two stations are too close to each other. And they don't, they don't hear each other. And this happens all the time. It's, uh, I've had it to where I've just on net nights going along just making contacts and then boom, someone just starts having a conversation and they're like, they're not hearing us. And it's like, okay, they're calling CQ and it's like, hello. And if they don't hear each other, then they may actually hear the stations because they get spotted pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So they'll hear the calling stations coming and the big guys now are hearing these. Everyone else consider. calling this little yeah. guy and they're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, what's just, going on? These, uh, and it just leads to this thing. I think yeah. the most you can do is just do the, make sure you check the frequency and uh, try to be a good neighbor. But yeah, he, he put that in the question and I think, I think we covered that all right there. Keep on pushing though on your get on out there and do it. You just got to keep doing it. James has you a question. I think that. only you could answer. He wants to know, do you know what temperature LMR 400 is compromised? KG five LTL. And I don't know if this has to do, I guess it's heat temperature. I don't know. You know anything on this? Steve? Uh, being it's coming from James, I'm mm. assuming it's from fire and the yep. fire damage and uh, oh, radiant. So if look at the the jacket, the uh, the uh, the PVC uh, material that's on that makes up the uh, outer jacket is going to be more susceptible to heat versus uh, um, the the center dielectric. There's be a little bit of a a, a uh, shielding from the heat uh, with the foil and the and the the braided shield, but if if there's some bubbling going on on the outer jacket, I would be in the mindset of just pulling it out and changing it out and call, you know, putting in a new piece. I mean, you can test it, uh, but if there's any bubbling now, the integrity of the out, the the jacket is compromised, and uh, down the road you'll have water egress into the coax. So at that point, I just uh, pull it out and uh, replace it. And hopefully it's not a super long run, but uh, uh, you could always, you know, if you really wanted to to try to save as much as you can cut out the bad section and splice in a new one or, but I would just replace the whole run because if it's compromised in one spot, it's going to be compromised somewhere else. Ishmael asked, uh, what can I do with a hundred feet of RG8X and radio? What if I just attach 100 feet of coax and just put it in on a pole but the coax is the antenna with pl259 ends on it what's going to happen i'll have to put that one on the screen so y'all can read it what can so, i do 100 feet of rg okay 100 feet uh <laughs> start with very low power i don't know <laughs> <laughs> if you're putting connectors on the end, you've just got a piece of coax, and so it's, it's a yeah, transmission line. It's it's, uh, gonna, be, it's gonna be open ended, and uh, yeah, depending on the what part of uh, what frequency that is, that may be present as a very low impedance or a very high impedance to the radio. Yeah, I just it's not gonna radiate. It, if you wanted to radiate like an antenna, if, if you're trying to think of a of a double bazooka, which we use a coax. There's a section of the way the double bazooka is built that is coax. But in the design, you're not using the coax as transmission line. It is you're cutting the shield in the middle, and then and then utilizing the shield as a uh, as a radiating element. So I think that's where Ish is trying to go, but. Uh, we're going to have to work that one offline. Yeah. <laughs> I got to, you got me, got my head scratching on need that one, buddy. Input, need input, need input, need more information, need more info. <laughs> okay. So, all right. We're going to be winding up here a little bit. Got a question for you guys. We want to know what you're struggling with. Is there anything that you are struggling with? Whether you're here now, drop it in there. We've got a couple minutes. If you have a question, put a cue in front of it. We could probably get to it here in the last, uh, couple minutes of the show before we uh, head off into the Sunday evening net coverage. Again, you're always welcome to join us, our podcast listening audience on YouTube. If you if you think that YouTube is okay, join us 6 o'clock Central Time for the live recording. 
You can ask your questions, be a part of the uh, community. In real time, we welcome you uh, to do that. But we want to know for our listeners, what are you struggling with? Um, any aspects of amateur radio that you need help with? Drop us a line in the description of the podcast. You'll be able to um, contact us and let us know what you're dealing with and what's going on uh, with you there. Let's put on a little bit of uh, tunes as we get ready to. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Put some uh, buttons and bows on us. Yes, Steve, you were <laughs> going to say. Yeah, so I uh, I did see here uh, a little while ago someone asking about uh, why can't I use a twenty amp hour you know twenty amp rated uh, power supply on my HF rig? It's you know the the rig requires twenty amps or twenty two amps. Why can't I use a twenty amp power supply? Well, and it goes and they talk about it. My radio will shut down or I or I have problems. It go it won't uh, put out full power. And it it all comes down to how the power supplies are rated. And um, they, um, it's kind of a numbers game that they're playing. So a 25 amp or a, a 20 amp power supply is rated, or, or a 25 amp power supply is rated at intermittent continuous service or ICS or something like that, where it is just for a real short period of time of uh, it will produce that 20 amps, but you want a power supply and it's continuous rated is going to be like 16 amps. So the problem becomes is that a lot of people are buying power supplies that are undersized for their for their rigs that they're doing that they're using. So when you are specking out a power supply and your radio needs 22 amps at 13.8 volts, shoot for a power supply that will do at least 25 amps continuous duty. 30, 35 amps is even better. Now you have you'll have some margin. So look at the continuous current rating of an amplifier don't look at the ics uh, rating because it's it's kind of the it's for a very very short period of time that uh the power supply will make that rating so if you're looking for a, a, a good power supply for your hf rig look at a 30 35 watt or 35 amp power supply and uh, you'll be safe so something i've been seeing lately been coming up with uh with folks James said he's struggling with the weather. James, give us about, I don't know, maybe f six weeks, five five weeks or so. We'll figure this problem out for you, and hopefully better days are coming. Big Ben says uh, he's struggling. He's having a hard time leaving the ham fest after he sells out of everything. Sounds like he's got a little bit of an addiction problem. But he, we have he has a fat wallet, and he's trying to thin that down. And try, we have you a need to go home you. without the stuff you went there with, Ben. They'll keep the wife happy. I do, I do want to say uh, thank you again to Ben. Um, KX4TQ, uh, he uh, he forwarded along the uh, the 30 days uh, F. The ACU FT4 HT um, to my brother today wow. at the Ham Fest. Nice. Um, as a uh, congratulations for passing his uh, tech test. So keeping it in the keeping it in the Hamley and uh, thank him very much for that. It was very that was very kind and generous of him. Very nice. Thanks, Ben. Right. That's wonderful. We're gonna put the uh, bows and ribbons on this one for this week. Thank you all for being around and hanging out with us as we went as the music fades. Oh, so appropriate. But let's kick it again because uh, we're going to be heading off into our coverage here shortly. Where is it? Play that funky music. Where is it? I don't get that music again. <laughs> Must be a rights thing. Damn, I got to talk to Scotty, the, the guy. I, I gotta, oh, I gotta you're just still thinking it. about sending the clowns and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sending the clowns. Oh, look at that, uh, that Simpsons episode. With, uh... <laughs> oh. Which one? Oh, the well, there was uh, with uh, the uh, the clown. I can't remember the character. Krusty name, the uh, clown. Krusty the clown is singing singing that song in, uh, in an episode. And it's uh, real sappy and sad. It's, uh, it's actually the first time I ever heard that song was on that Simpsons Simpsons episode many years ago. Sending the clowns. Beautiful old sad song. One of the most depressing things. We don't want to leave you on that note. For God's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> so <laughs> let me see if I can cry wash, it all out. Let's wash this out of your <laughs> mouth. Way to go. <laughs> Take a, take a look at my song. girlfriend. She's the only one. Only I one got. I've got. <laughs> something, 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 something. 
da 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 Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, thank you guys so much. We will um, hopefully join you again next Sunday uh, from Missouri. We'll be back home and in the shack. Looking forward to settling back in and doing shows again uh, from home base. So thank you, Steve, W7UDI. Thank you for coming around and hanging out with us again this week. No problem. Looking forward to it. Yeah, when we get back in the shack, I'm starting to think of Fallout, so we need to start thinking of that Ooh. coming up. So, uh, start oh, glad you said yeah, so Great. it's, uh, you know, <laughs> glad you said summer's something. starting to wind down, unfortunately, but uh, looking forward to a little uh, Fallout action. Yes. I'm gonna, we're going to get clobbered again by Paul. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Uncle Paul, salty and roasted pickled nuts. And yep. Scotty, KC3BXN, stroke A-E e. tonight. He's been upgraded, y'all. He's happy. If you Not to be confused his A-H. With that A-H, <laughs> Alpha Hotel, which he had many years prior. To, I've always, uh, always been one of those. Always been an Alpha Hotel. Yeah. All right, thank you guys. Take care of yourselves. Look out for each other in these uh, tricky times. And uh, by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. We love catch you again next week 73 everybody 73 y'all 73 to join the 100 watts in a wire community visit 100 watts in a wire.com